When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You ready? Big Sills National Football Show. Good afternoon, everyone. You know, what a great game last night the NFL had on Monday Night Football to close out the real first week of the NFL season. Tell me this, though. You know, the NFL a couple years ago was doing all that relocation. Tell me the Raiders just don't fit in Vegas. That thing last night had a big market, big feel about it. Raiders and Ravens. And it was in Vegas. I mean, you showed the strip. It was all good. I mean, that was so perfect last night. And then you have the Rams and the Chargers in Los Angeles. National Football League. They do it right. And they had a first week that was just iconic. The ratings for the NFL in the first week are at an all-time high. What does that mean? You know what it means? It means that people now want to use pro football and college football as their release. They want to be able to look to these games to get away from all the crap that's going on in D.C. And it was a great week. Last night, I loved that game. By the way, I was going back and forth, and I was watching Peyton and Eli Hey, if you were a young quarterback, you needed to get your pen and paper out and take notes on how those guys saw the game compared to how you and I watched the game. That was pretty cool. I liked it. Russell Wilson, he stepped in last night. Um, uh, Charles Barkley stepped in. You could get the game if you wanted to go back over on like the network and you could get Ravens and Raiders. It was really a great night. That was one of the better nights and the better presentations that Monday Night Football had. Last night with that Ravens and Raiders game. Went to overtime. Raiders get the win. They need that win. Do I still think the Ravens are a better team? They got a mash unit as a running back core, and I still think the Ravens are going to be okay. The Raiders, on the other hand, you're in the AFC West. I don't know, but we'll talk more about that. That was really outstanding. Way to go last night, National Football League and Monday Night Football. And one of the very few things that ESPN does right, they got that right last night, so no question about it. Gruden and Derek Carr look like they're working. Hey, man, Lamar Jackson. I just love the way that guy plays. I know he had two turnovers last night. He fumbled the ball. You want to blame him, that's fine, but I love watching him play. By the way, does he not take big hits? That's one of the things you don't want to see Jalen Hurts doing. Watching the way Lamar Jackson plays the ball, game last night. You don't want your guy getting hit like that. 
he is one tough cookie, is Lamar Jackson. That was outstanding last night. All right. So if you want to bring anything to the table, Smile just jumped aboard with us. And real cool, thank you so much, everybody that comes aboard with us each and every single day. You know how I treat you. I throw you right to the front there. Anytime you guys have a good take or a good spin on something, I throw that comment right in there. We're going to have Josh Talentino from the Philadelphia Inquirer today. He was there at the game in Atlanta. I want to get a bird's eye view of what he saw personally. Gary Cobb, who was on with us yesterday, was also there. But I'm going to get a sports beat writer's thoughts on what he saw there at the game and get his opinion. So that'll be an hour number two. Josh Talentino, part of the Philadelphia Inquirer's coverage of the Philadelphia Eagles. Hey, James, thanks for coming in, man. Appreciate you stepping in with us. All good, brother. Okay, do we agree? Let, let, let's start here. And by the way, we got a ton of stuff to hit on here. But anything you bring up, we kind of slide that in and we kind of work it in. So you bring a topic up. I love that, too, because you guys are content creators for us now here on the National Football Show. You really are. You've created great content for us here. All right. Do we agree that this weekend we're going to learn more about the San Francisco 49ers and your Philadelphia Eagles? We're going to know this is going to be a, tell, a telling game, in my opinion, about both teams. We're going to find out if Jimmy Garoppolo's really the guy that's going to be able to carry the football team back to potentially another NFC championship game. I thought he was really good against the Lions. If you look at his yards per play, I think Garoppolo was right there as the leader of the quarterbacks over the weekend. He threw the ball around a yard exceptionally well. That's going to be a challenge because they have a hell of an offensive line, the 49ers, and they have a good defensive line, and they run the ball exceptionally well. San Francisco is going to be a test. We're going to learn a little more about Nick Sirianni, and we're going to learn a lot about Jalen Hurts this weekend. Let me start with Nick Sirianni. I got to tell you, I can't rave enough about him. I even sent him a text message. The designing of the plays, the formula of how he went about the play calling. I went back and watched the game again. And I was watching sequences of how Sirianni was calling the plays. And I got to tell you, the way that he constructed, and I said this yesterday, the way that he constructed the plays was clearly to the personality of Jalen Hurts. He did such a great job, okay, of really pushing the ball into the right places. James says, Nick's philosophy and fundamentals with a young core and proven vets is genius. Technique wins games. Absolutely, James. It's a great take. Cilio, how far away are you from thinking Jalen is the dude? I told you I want to make that comment, Birdman, after three games. I can't give it to you after 60 minutes. Okay? He wins against, watch this, you beat a team. Gary Cobb said it yesterday, Atlanta's terrible. I'm not taking that away. One thing you'll never get from me, watch this, guys. Thank you, Paul, for coming in. 
Hey, man, you're right. Mulata versus Bose is going to be must-watch television. Okay? The one thing you'll never get from me, watch this. Oh, Atlanta sucks. You can't count that. When I played in the NFL, the difference between a 4-12 and team and a 12-4 and team is about 25 plays. Everybody's good. Just certain teams have great skilled players. Like when you played against the Montana 49ers back in the day, they had Jerry Rice and Roger Craig and Joe Montana. You had three guys. And we're all like this. Stop three guys, we win the game. Couldn't stop them. Their skill set guys were insane great. Alex says, Nick and Jalen Hurts are in sync. Yes, they are. Okay? After 60 minutes, could that offense become dangerous? I want to say it one more time to you. I was impressed with the flow. Benjamin says, I don't think Atlanta is as bad as everyone thinks. Okay. Benjamin, first game, new coach. He is at home, though. You would have thought there would have been a better effort. Atlanta is terrible, Alex. Alexis says. But what the Eagles did to them is what good teams are supposed to do to bad teams. Respect on the birds. Absolutely. Lopez, that's exactly correct. Correct. Never, never diss on an opponent. I, I, I never do that. Hey, Benjamin, everybody is, hey, I, I, I got to tell you. I mean, when I, when, when I, my first year, we were not very good either. We go up to Green Bay, Lindy and Fonny's team. There was a guy by the name of Don Mikowski who was their starting quarterback. I think, too, also, I think a guy by the name of Glenn Dickey. Does that sound right? Or Lynn Dickey. We go up to Lambeau, and I got to tell you, I was like, well, these, these guys think. They were great. I couldn't believe how close the game was. And they made a mistake here or they made a mistake there. I was like, damn, man, everybody in the NFL is good. Everybody is. And when you're a good team and you're able to do that to a bad team, that's a testament on your side. Okay? Paul says it too. Great teams are supposed to beat up on bad teams. Smile. Malata will need a chip from the tight end to be able to handle Boza. Well, I'll tell you one thing about Nick Boza. Joey Boza, too, over with the Chargers. Those two guys that played at Ohio State and St. Thomas Aquinas down in Fort Lauderdale. I know a lot of people that coached him in high school. Those two guys came out of St. Thomas Aquinas, and the father, John Boza, was the first-round draft choice uh, to the Miami Dolphins. I don't know if you guys know that. His dad played at Boston College. And his dad has been schooling these kids since they were youngsters. And Chris Spielman said it to me, who is a big-time Ohio State guy. Now he's working with the Detroit Lions. He said it to me. He goes, Sills, this guy, both these Boza guys, they just rush the passer like nobody you've ever seen. They run the hula hoop. And what I mean by when I say run the hula hoop, you know what a hula hoop is, right? Put it around your waist, do the hula hoop. Well, what players are starting to do now, they put that on the ground, and what they do is they run around that with one hand on the ground, and that's how you're getting around offensive tackles. You're getting around offensive tackles because you've got to dip your shoulder and you've got to rip. 
So you're ripping and you're dipping. And when you run the hula hoop, that's what it's called, running the hula hoop. Chris Spielman says they're the two best guys he's ever seen. Wow, Benjamin, that's way over the line. 38-17, no way. This game, in my opinion, you won't be favored in this game against the 49ers. Well, somebody looked that up for me. What's the point spread in this game? There's no way you're favored in this game. No way. Paul says, one thing that is new, I saw in-game adjustments for the first time or for on the first two possessions. I did too. Philly, Philly fan D, is that Niners favored by three? In-game adjustments. I saw them too. I saw them slide the adjustments. Eagles by three and a half at home over the 49ers? Really, Raheem? Huh? No, 49ers are favored. Eagles three and a half. People in Vegas must have really opened their eyes and went like this. Hey, okay. Philly's got something. You know, what was the most impressive thing that you thought came out? Philadelphia? Okay, favored by three. Um, what was the most impressive unit? James, most teams depend on a couple of players to win. Nick spreads the ball around, making it unpredictable. God, that's such a good take. In that first game, he surely did that. And did you see the spacing that he gave Devontae? The other receivers, because they're more experienced, they were lined up and there was more press coverage played against them. Devontae was kind of in the slot. I think you've got to drop Devontae in the slot. You're going to get more open space in the slot than you are on the outsides Y and Z wide receiving positions. I think you put him in a slot. Let him create that space. Now, you take a shot at getting a hammer in there somewhere. If he's not prepared or he's not running good routes, I would say this. I want to line him up maybe off the slot a little bit, maybe even off the line of scrimmage. You see, the number one thing that I want to get to Devontae Smith, I want to get the ball to him as quick as possible. I don't want to have him running down the field 35 yards on those plus plays. You know what I'm saying? Okay? So I I don't. I, I want to see I want to see him get the ball as soon as possible. By the way, little change in programming. We're gonna instead of having Josh Tolentino with us in hour number two, we're gonna have him in hour number one here at the bottom of the hour. So we'll get his perspective uh, a little bit sooner than we thought. So we'll have him at the bottom of the hour from the Philadelphia Inquirer. Josh Salentino will join us. So that'll be at the bottom of this hour. So get your takes and spins in now. Absolutely. Joey B, appreciate you coming aboard. Watch tape. Smith open every route. He was. Raheem, he was open every route. And that's play design, in my opinion. That's play design. I thought Sirianni really did a great job. By the way, if you watched any of that ball game last night, that was one of the better called games that John Gruden's had with Derek Carr. And there were a lot of wide receivers that were wide open, especially the game winner in overtime. That's the kind of play calling you want to see with Nick Sirianni weekend and week out. By the way, it's going to be a test. This defense can play. 49ers have a good defense. 
Dev says, yeah, let him let him work in preseason. He got his first downs getting the ball at the line of scrimmage. Dev, that's what – give him the ball as quick as possible. Okay? To me, you want him touching that rock right away. Okay? You want him get – I want him, boom, five yard – watch this, five yard, even screen plays. Even screens, put him in a middle screen, something like that. Remember, you can't, you can't hammer these wide receivers like you could in the past. Raheem brings a great point up. Garoppolo on the road. Well, yeah, it, it, it's it's been a trend. I kind of agree with that, Raheem. That he kind of like struggles a little bit on the road. Friendly confines being there at, you know, home in 49erville. Absolutely. I think that we've seen him and he struggles there. But to me, the big takeaway, the two things that I'm taking away from that, from that game that we saw with the Eagles and Falcons is, is the O-line's play. The O-line set the tone, knocking guys out, going downfield creating space about time for Jalen to throw the ball. Now the Falcons couldn't get anywhere near the quarterback. Okay. Couldn't get anywhere near the quarterback, but let's throw that question out. You guys said it and I'll ask you, have you seen enough of Jalen hurts even last year? Have you seen enough where you feel comfortable in giving him the full year? You know there's going to be times this year that he's going to struggle. You know there's going to be stretches. But what you've seen, do you feel comfortable in saying, hey, I feel pretty good about giving the guys the keys and we'll evaluate at the end of the year. I told you I wanted at least six games. D1 says game plan was game plan this week will be a different watch. Will work for the Falcons, won't work. Correct. Right on. Right on. Absolutely. You're going to have to be more play action against the 49ers. You could just line up and run the ball against that Atlanta Falcons front four. They're not very good. Okay? The 49 49- the 49ers are going to run the ball. Trent Williams is a beast. Okay? Trent Williams is the best offensive tackle in the NFL, and the 49ers have him, and they know it, and that's why they paid him it. He's the highest paid tackle in the league for a reason. It's because he's an earth mover, and he protects the flank of the quarterback. Could Garoppolo come across the country and have a big day? They could. They got a great old line, and they run the ball. They, you know, it really doesn't matter who their running back is. That team has just been a team that has been able to just earth move people. And they're good on defense. And now they're pretty healthy on defense. And as everybody's been pointing out, Nick Boza, Nick Boza is going to be a handful for Jordan Mulata. Okay. This is, I, I tell you what, you guys want to make sure that Jordan Mulata, you want to make sure that Jordan Mulata, ends up getting into the Pro Bowl and is an all-pro, you beat Nick Boza, you're going to get that vote. 
Smile. Hurts weakness is being pushed left. That's a great call. Quarterbacks love to move to their right. Love to move to their right. Muhammad, appreciate you coming aboard. The Lions gashed the Niners up the middle. Raheem, that was in the second half, and I did think that the 49ers, and I, I thought the 49ers, I thought that they really ended up doing this. I, I thought they, they backed off, and I thought they played tight down the stretch just to get that win on the road. I really did. All of a sudden, they were playing safe, and the Lions started working them. Jared Goff had a pretty good game if you look at his numbers. They just couldn't get it done in the first half because the Niners had gotten such a big lead on them. I think it was like 31-something at the half. Someone asked me, how, how do you beat the 49ers? It's a great question. After, and, and as you guys know, know this. Every week, what's going to show me about Nick Sirianni is, can he be like Belichick in so many ways, like Josh McDaniel? You know what this is? Every week is a different look. Every, de- every week, you see a different look. This is how I would – early on, this is kind of the attack that I would have with the Niners. If I were the Eagles, I would do this. What was the biggest thing that you saw with Jalen Hurts last week? Wide receivers are wide open. They're not going to be that wide open. They're probably going to play a press coverage on them. So you know what I would do? A lot more tight end work. I'd get that tight end core moving, and I would use the tight ends as much as I possibly can. Get them linebackers off the line of scrimmage because they're going to be kind of – they're going to be spying Jalen to take off. RPOs, I like it. Okay? Like that. Move him a little bit. Move him so he has passing lanes that he can see. Make him manage half the field. Follow me, guys. One of the great things that Bill Walsh told me, the former 49er coach, and how he trained Joe Montana to be Joe Montana and Steve Young. Remember, Steve Young was a colossal flop when he was with the Buccaneers. People probably even forget the fact that he was with the Buccaneers. Okay? What do you do? They rolled Montana right all the time. That made Joe have to manage hash mark to sideline. He didn't have the whole field to make mistakes and throw the ball in situations that would cost him a pick. They rolled him. They made him half to control half the field. Jalen's still a young guy. Me, I'm rolling him more. Put him on the move. He's good on the move. He's good on the move. All right. I'll stop there. I'll continue this conversation, but I want to get a bird's eye view of what a guy saw there when he was there in Atlanta. Josh Talentino from the Philadelphia Inquirer will join us. We'll get his thoughts. Any questions you have, I'll pose them to him. You keep it right here on the National Football Show. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub. And in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. 
At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Yeah, okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. The live post-game show is powered by IBEW Local 98. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. National Football Show, your boy Silio. I'll tell you something here. I, I got, I'm going to give you guys kudos one more time. I mean, you guys are just Raheem. Press coverage. How the hell do you know anything about that? You know how you know it because you're a great fan. That's right, man. You know what? If if, if the 49ers press them, let them press them. The key is going to be whether or not Devontae can get off the line of scrimmage. Okay, that's when you move him in the slot. Like I said the other day, the key with Devontae Smith in his first year, or maybe even his first eight games, don't let him get manhandled. You know, Nick Saban and uh, Steve Sarkeesian last year did not allow him to get manhandled last year. How many times did you see him in open space last year? That was by design. Sirianni's done the same thing here with that by putting him in positions where he's going to be able to like be in space. Absolutely. To me, how I attack the 49ers, I attack the 49ers with tight ends. Let's see if their linebackers are Tampa two type linebackers and they can cover that core. One of the strengths that you have as your wide receiving core is getting developed. Hey, they had a great day against a poor secondary. 
The 49ers secondary is not poor. Okay? To me, the tight ends, working the seam, working the linebackers, what does that do? It makes that backing linebacking core have to respect the in route from the tight ends. Okay, so the linebackers have to do this. Instead of playing up on the line of scrimmage a little more, you know what a great backer will do? If he feels he can outman you, he'll, he'll, he'll crowd the line of scrimmage with his defensive end. They'll get a chip with the, with the defensive end, and by the time you get to the linebacker, he's on you because he slowed you down off the line. That's what makes Gronk, make Gronk such a special athlete. He kills the defensive end. And then he outruns and out-athletics the linebackers. It's impossible to defend that guy completely. Guy who had a bird's-eye view of it. You know, yesterday we had a chance to talk to our friend Gary Cobb from uh, Fox 29 in Philadelphia. Now our friend Josh Talentino from the Philadelphia Inquirer joins us here now. And I'll tell you something, Josh, I want to start it out with this. I started the show yesterday, and I did it even again today with Nick Sirianni. I didn't know, and if you watch the Urban Meyer game, Urban Meyer was all over the place. There was no design. There was no creativity. It just looked like the thing was a mess. When I watched Sirianni, the designs of the plays were brilliant. The spacing, the poise, the flow of the game, to me the rhythm was the most shocking thing because you and I talked a couple weeks ago, Josh, and these guys had not played in any really – game situation and all been organized practices. I don't know. Maybe you saw something different, but I was impressed by the way the team's rhythm was. What says you? Dan, I think the very first preseason game when we saw Joe Flacco throw to uh, Quez Watkins and him, he both, you know, he burst off for about like a 60, 70 yard touchdown on a wide receiver screen. I think at that moment, Nick Sirianni was like, we're throwing this dude week one. Uh, in the season opener because they went to him three straight times. And that wasn't the only time later in the game, they went to Devonte Smith, I think four straight completions in a row. Um, you know, what we saw, I think was very scripted and not just that, obviously they executed. Um, but what I really enjoyed, you know, seeing Sunday's game in Atlanta was um, Jalen hurts ability to really make his checks at the line and not just that, but move around in the pocket. And, and last year, I think we, and, and, you know, we've seen this all throughout his career at Alabama and Oklahoma. He's he's a really good uh, on the run. You know, he's good with his feet. But la at last year, it seemed like he, you know, became too a little bit too reliant on that. It, it just seemed like on Sunday he knew when to get out of the pocket, knew when to run the ball. I think he only ran six or seven times, but he, he damn near averaged about 10 yards uh, per rush. So, um, you know, obviously very impressed with, with Sirianni's uh, scripted play calls, but but – even just as impressed of how Jalen Hurts uh, managed that game. You know, you know, Josh, um, I, I want to throw this into the conversation too because a year ago, I mean, look at the offseason. You know, there were a lot of teams with a lot of noise, and the Philadelphia Eagles are, you know, d they're not immune to that as well. There was a lot of noise. You got rid of the coach. You got rid of Carson Wentz. A game like this, and I'm not – by the way, the Atlanta Falcons are terrible. They were not prepared <laughs> – but I don't, I'm not one of these guys that go, well, you can't count that game. It's the NFL. I know what it's like to play against a team like that. And so if you go they, on the road and win. Guys are still making more money than us. They're, they're, making, they're making millions of dollars to be on that field. So Absolutely. I mean, and they're professionals, just like you said there.
But a win like that in the way that they won, that's got to go a long way, don't you think, Josh, in the locker room with the veteran guys because they didn't know what Nick was going to be like in play calling, handling timeouts going into halftime. That had to have been something that really gave a really a boost, I would think, to the morale of what the organization did in the offseason. Yeah, Miles Sanders, he was the first player to speak to us after the game. Uh, I'll kind of replay it for you. He, he bursts through the double doors to the press conference room and gives out like a, a Ric Flair type, woo! He, and, you know, and then just a couple questions in, he's like, how many more questions you got? I'm trying to go back to the party that was in there. And that was really obviously the atmosphere that was, you know, they afforded themselves after that victory. But uh, we talk a lot, a lot about buy-in and, you know, all these first-year uh, coaches. Nick Sirianni was, um, and one big takeaway that I found was that um, a couple veteran defensive linemen talked to us after the game, and you know, including Eric Wilson as well. Uh, you know, they talked about how Nick repeatedly has told them in team meetings leading up to the game, "Man, I was, a, I, you know, I was really nervous. My first ever press conference. I was basically, you know, almost a whatever you want to call it. I was a mess." And then, you know, it blew up across every outlet that you saw across the nation. And he used that kind of as a motivation factor to, you know, let's let our talking do on the field. And to Nick's credit, I mean, he's vastly improved as a talker. And, you know, obviously you deal with him as well. He's very detailed, as as detailed as you can be, uh, you know, as you can ask for as a reporter to uh, a coach and, and, you know, all those interactions. But getting back to your point, I I mean, again, the atmosphere he created and one thing – Another takeaway, this goes back to Hurts. You know, there's plenty to talk about from, from the game. Devontae Smith, Kenny Gainwell, we go on and on. But one thing that, that I took away in their celebration video was that Jeff Lurie, the, the owner, he, he went up to Jalen Hurts and, you know, we saw that video of him giving him a hug in the locker room, grabbing him by the, by the head and, you know, pulling him in. So um, I know there were a lot of questions throughout the summer about a lot, you know, the reports on Deshaun Watson and Jalen Hurts, and you know they obviously waited a long time to name him the starter. But one weekend, Jalen has proved that he's more than worthy to be in the conversation. Let's get to him now, and I'll say this to you too: I think all the things that you mentioned um, about him, his poise, his calmness, the checks at the line of scrimmage. There's no question that Sirianni does feel comfortable in the fact that he's a cerebral guy at the line of scrimmage. I mean, I took away his smarts, and his ability to be able to see the field. When he didn't see the field, Josh, he moved a little bit, kind of the way that Russell Wilson, not Lamar Jackson, not the guys that take up off, you know, going up the field, but creating passing lanes for himself so that he could have a clear view and to move the linebackers in the secondary over to create space for his wide receivers. That's as good. All the mistakes he made last year, And all the things that he has learned in his college career, I think it really came to a head here against Atlanta. And I feel pretty comfortable going into the San Francisco game. I mean, give me a grade on what you thought he really, you know, performed that um, against the Falcons. You know, I'm a tough grader and actually did a rookie type report card. And, you know, really no one got A's. But, I mean, you got to give Jalen Hurts an A. I mean, even a tough grader myself would probably give him the lowest, the B-plus Obviously, you know, there's always going to be corrections and such. But if we dial back to one specific play, uh, Devontae Smith's touchdown, so much had to go right on that play. Obviously, you know, Zach Ertz picking off his guy without, uh, you know, getting flagged uh, right after the line of scrimmage. Devontae Smith, uh, you know, executing that hesitation move to perfection to free himself at the line of scrimmage. 
But if you look back and you look at Jalen, uh, you know, right before he kind of tosses, it's, it was a basket-type catch, a very easy touchdown. All he had to do was float it in there. But if you look back, for just a slight second, he looks off the, the back uh, end of the secondary, the safety that was there, to, you know, shift him into the other direction. And it's just like that slight second. Right. You don't see that from, you know, many rookie or, or second-year quarterbacks. And uh, that's a lot of the maturity, again, going back to last year. You know, not necessarily in that occasion would he run the ball, but you don't you don't know if he makes that um, just that slight look to the right side to look off the safety just to free up Devontae even more. I mean, Devontae was very free. Uh, he was probably going to catch it either way, but just those types of moments of maturity that we've seen from Jalen Hurts. And honestly, we, we saw a little bit in the joint practices again with the Patriots and the Jets, but to, to have it under the lights or, you know, under the, you know, when games are actually mattering, I think that's the difference here is that he's performing um again at a clip that we hadn't seen um at, at a consistent level this past uh, season uh when he got those four starts last year you, you know josh i gotta i gotta go to the big boys now and i gotta tell you man that old line for the that, that you know what i hadn't gotten a chance to watch and really break down old lines for the eagles but this guy kelsey that goes up to the second level slips and scoops up to linebackers. He's running down the fields, blowing guys up. This Jordan Milata gets his money on Friday, goes out and kills someone on the field. I mean, that offensive line was as good as I've seen offensive lines play. Reminded me of the Cowboy line of three years ago, four years ago, when they were dominant at the point of attack. And hell, I'll even go back further. It reminded me, I hate to do this to Eagle guys, but it reminded me of that offensive line that the Eagles won the Super Bowl with. I mean, of all the units, that had to be the most impressive unit, including the wide receivers, on what those guys were able to do. They ran the ball well, too. And I, I'm sure you, you you probably saw the viral clip of Jordan Mailata and Jason Kelsey walking out of the stadium. I actually saw that uh, you know, from a distance as it was happening, and I was like, "Is that? A, that looks like a Bud Light can. Those, <laughs> those two Bud Lights were very well-deserved for Jason Kelsey for Jordan Mailata, for really the entire offensive line. And throughout training, training camp, Dan, you know, I've, you and I have talked about it. I've written about it many times. But I, Jalen Hurts is going to struggle at some point this season. I mean, he's, he's a second-year quarterback. It's inevitable at the, in the league. But he can mask those miscues, those mistakes, with a really good offensive line. And if they continue to perform, I mean, at that level that they showed they're capable of um, – Really one of the biggest surprises I think we saw in the summer is that, uh, you know, all these different rankings and ratings, they were actually ranked a, a lot lower than I think expected. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I personally believe that they're a top 10 unit yes. and maybe even higher than that, you know, yeah. a top tier unit in the league. And they definitely showed that on Sunday. You know, we'll see how, how as competition ticks up here over the next month uh, rapidly. But I think they they were very underrated coming into the season. I mean, you look at – just look at the names across the line. Lane Johnson, the best right tackle in the league. You saw what Jason Kelsey did, just powering uh, over guys. You know, they locked up Jordan Mailata, you know, to be one of their franchise tackles on the upside, opposite side of Lane. But even the guys in between, Brandon Brooks, uh, Isaac, I mean, and they have some depth there too. I think uh, if, you, if you were to rank the position groups heading into the season, I had offensive line at the very top. Absolutely. There are a couple more questions here for you here. The defense, were you impressed with the way that they did give up some yardage early on and then all of a sudden it just seemed that 
maybe in the middle of the, or maybe to the later part of the second quarter, they started controlling the line of scrimmage a little bit more. I thought Fletcher Cox played a better second half and they kind of controlled the line of scrimmage better, but I think it was like 120 some odd yards rushing. That's not too bad in today's NFL, but what were your thoughts on the way the defense played? Yeah, obviously in football, you know, we talk about this all the time about any, anyone who watches football. There's one ball, but there's 11 guys. Mostly I'm focused on either, the, you know, the skill position uh, players, if, if it's the offense or the trenches uh, down there in the defense. And I, and I was paying attention down there quite quite some bit, Dan. Uh, you mentioned Fletcher Cox. Uh, I mean, his play did improve um, as the game progressed. And I think we saw in the third quarter, you know, really when Atlanta was playing from behind, they started generating more attention to Fletcher Cox that that opened up one-on-one -on -one opportunities for his teammates across the line. Obviously, Javon Hargrave getting two sacks, Hassan Ridgeway even getting uh, down there to, to Matt Ryan, um, bringing him down on his back. Um, but not just that. I mean, Brandon Graham was consistently causing disruption. Uh, and one of the biggest things I, I think I would say is that it wasn't too much of a surprise. I think we saw the first two weeks of camps really before the, the Eagles saw any other competition before those joint practices when it was the Eagles versus the Eagles. So when it was Jalen Hurts versus the Eagles defense, the Eagles defense came away, uh, you know, and I think this was written about heavily, but the Eagles defense were winning a lot of those matchups. And hmm. you know, to, to go back to that point, is it, is it more of Jalen struggling or is it the Eagles defense where they just that far ahead? Um, you know, it could be alluded to both. So, um, but I don't think it was too much of a surprise. I think there's still some things that Jonathan Gannon wants to unleash. I don't think we've seen everything yet in just week one. And that's the most exciting part. And he, he even spoke to that uh, a little bit today earlier during his availability. And and so far, so good for Jonathan Gannon. I mean, just so many different pre-snap stunts and twists, you know, who, how many people he's bringing. Uh, one thing that, I, I again, before I throw it back to you to point out, Man, he was mixing his packages, three fours, oh, yeah. three fronts. I think even yeah. I might have seen a five-man five front. When you're doing that against a veteran quarterback and having success against a guy like Matt Ryan, I mean, I think that speaks volume. And, you know, we'll see how they defend Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo here this upcoming Sunday out here in Philly. You're, you're, you're dead on. I mean, it, that, that shows versatility and also shows hybrid where you could put a guy's hand in the dirt and you can also stand him up. You can go to a five-front, three-front, four-front. And that's almost impossible for a quarterback to be able to take that intel and process it. Two last questions for you. Give me one thing that you took away from the game that you thought that they needed to improve on. One thing that they needed to improve on? I think I think one thing that I felt like one of the players felt like he had to prove was the run game. And I think you saw Miles Sanders running with confidence. You know, he, he barely played at all in the preseason. Um, I don't even, I'm not even entirely, I, I want to say that he didn't play at all in the preseason. Um, I think there were a lot of questions about his readiness and, and this can even go with Jalen Hurts. You know, he only played those two series against the Steelers, missed the game with the, the Patriots, obviously with the illness, and then was ruled out uh, against the Jets in the preseason finale. I think there were questions about readiness and, you know, everyone's talking about there was no preseason last year. There was a preseason this year. You know, Jalen only got those two series. I think he only threw seven passes. Um, I think Miles, Miles Sanders, Jalen Hurts showed that they were ready, and, and not just that. If I was to, to point out one more, uh, rookies are ready for this stage. Kenneth Gainwell, uh, I'm working on something really big on him this week, talking to some important people in his life, uh, giving me some calls later today. Look out for a story, Dan, on, on Thursday's Inquirer on Kenneth Gainwell. 
man, he showed he's ready. He, I think he had 10 carries, almost 40 yards, obviously had that touchdown at the goal line. And obviously everyone's talking about Devontae Smith, and, and it's much deserved. Six catches tied a franchise record with Deshaun Jackson for the most uh, receptions in a debut. He's the real deal. And I know everyone's a lot of people were questioning his size, but I wasn't one of those guys. And I want to be admin about that. Um, you know, all throughout the summer, I was a, a firm believer that his talent was going to transition. Uh, here's one good way to put it is that if the defensive backs can't touch you or keep up with you, how can they tackle you? So, um, you know, he's proven that he's able to take a tackle. So uh, I think Devonte Smith, we saw that he's going to get heavy, heavy usage in Nick Sirianni's passing offense. Yeah, finally here, six catches, by the way, 71 yards and a touchdown, and a really nice corner catch there by Jalen to him was spectacular. I, I would say this to you, coming out of a week like that, and then you got these next two games where you have Niners and Cowboys, it's going to tell us a lot about these uh, uh, these Eagles here in these next two games here because you're going to take on a good offense and a pretty complete football team in San Francisco. Even though Jimmy G is not that great on the road, they do have to travel to East Coast. Uh, it's still going to be a factor when they go into the link. Managing expectations, too, when you come out of a win like that where you've had a season like you did a year ago where you were 4-11-1, tempering expectations, got to take this thing 60 minutes every week, don't they? I mean, you know, everybody's excited. There's a great party going on. But here we are now, game week, 49ers, right? Yeah, it's almost like, you know, Nick Sirianni in his press conference with us on Sunday, he was very – honest and truthful about how happy they were feeling in the locker room. But, you know, it goes without question that he mentioned, you know, obviously having to concentrate on San Francisco and, you know, obviously across the NFL, they have that 24 hour rule. And today all they really wanted to talk about was the Niners. And, you know, there's such an interesting team right now. Uh, you know, there's question marks and obviously they've got some uh, injuries to their offense, but uh, when there's so much unknown again about Trey Lance, about Jimmy Garoppolo, about who's going to be in there, I think Jonathan Gannon and, and one thing that, Here's a big takeaway from my conversation with him earlier today. Jonathan Gannon, Gannon, the new Eagles defensive coordinator, limited the Falcons to six points. We asked him, you know, how are you going to defend Jimmy and Trey, you know, when they're mixing, you know, two quarterbacks in there at the same time when, you know, it depends on the play call. How do you, how do you get your guys focused on that? Man, he's, he's provided such a detailed answer on that, you know, whether they're playing man, whether they're playing zone, which we saw a lot of uh, on Sunday. All that guy, all, all that Eagles player, you know, whether it be Avante Maddox, Darius Slay, Steve Nelson, Fletcher Cox, anyway, any, anyone on the starting defense, they just have to focus on one part of the field. Uh, and that's what Jonathan Gannon stressed. It didn't matter who the quarterback was. And if they take care of that assignment, much like what we saw against Atlanta and, you know, the front seven played a big, big uh, impact on, on their success. But if they're taking care of their individual assignments, it really won't matter uh, who the quarterback is, uh, and you know. That might be a small statement to some, but um, very philo philosophical for Jonathan Gannon to, to firmly believe that. And you know what? The, the, the Eagles showed that on Sunday. 260 yards they only gave up in total offense to the Atlanta Falcons. So After giving was, up 140 in the first uh, two series. So, I mean, that's I good. know, man. That was really good. Okay, I got to sneak this last one in. Does uh, Manny Diaz survive this year? You're talking about Manny Diaz out in Miami? Yeah. Oh, man, I have a, a little soft heart, obviously, for Miami. I love Manny. I yeah. love Manny. I love him. But I hey. don't know, man. You struggle against App State and get crushed by Bama. I don't know. Hey, this this is my message. And I actually talked to Devontae about this. Just don't bring out the turnover chain, you know, when you're down by like three, four touchdowns. I mean, you know, 
I know they I was they, embarrassed. Yeah. Hey, they got to implement, you know, that's, that's something that's so great for the culture and they've made it so famous, you know, much like, I guess the, you know, you look in baseball, the Padres when Tatis or Machado hits yeah. a home run and they got that chain. I mean, Miami is they're They are known for that turnover chain, but against Bama, you know, hopefully, I mean, for Miami's sake, they don't face those situations where they're down by that much. And, you know, they have a turnover, but you know, bring it out when, when you need the juice. I mean, not when you're down 31, man. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, I, I, think, I think they'll figure it out, though. I think that that's a, obviously a very storied program. And, you know, they had some big losses with Greg Rousseau and, you yes. know, obviously Jalen Phillips, uh, you know, staying in Miami. But I think Manny will figure it out. I can't wait, man. I appreciate you doing this, Josh. Everybody, make sure you go over to the Philadelphia Inquirer and read my friend's column. We'll be doing that. When's that column come out again? On Gainwell Thursday. It'll be in Friday's paper, but uh, I'll post it on Thursday. Again, talking to a few of his close loved ones and coaches. And, you know, he even trained with Miles Sanders uh, in the offseason. So looking to include a lot of detail uh, in that piece. But, you know, we, we never stop working out here, Dan. I got you, man. It's Philadelphia and it's the Eagles. Of course you don't. Appreciate you doing it, Josh. Thank you, my friend. Hey, appreciate it, brother. Have a, have a great rest of your show, Dan. You got it, man. Thank you so much. All right. We'll take a brief time out. Get back to all your spins. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. The live postgame show is powered by IBEW Local 98. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 
or visit us online at MessaLaw.com. Mesa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. National Football Show, Dan Silio. Tell me you didn't think you were watching Howdy Doody Night when you were watching the Mannings, though. Hey, 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 Eli, what do you think of that play? <laughs> hi, hi, Eli. It was like Howdy Doody Night. I was like, come on, man. What's going on? Hi, do you see that? Uh, by the way. Is it me or does Peyton Manning have like the biggest head of all time? He tried to put that Ravens helmet on. Even he like goofed on him. Hey, go figure. Uh, Peyton can't put a helmet on. (laughs) Monkey and bananas. Crazy. Great. I like it. Actually, the handle's awesome. All this, but Atlanta sucks. Correct. They had a better record than the Eagles last year. And we just killed him. No, listen, I, Monkey Man, I'm with you. That's why I said to Josh, managing expectations. Managing expectations is going to be key for the Eagles as they move. Hey, I think it was I think it was Ken who said it. Hey, man, 60 minutes, one day at a time, one game at a time, every week is a different chapter in the week of an NFL season, okay? You're going to write your own chapters. But I'll say one more time to you. I truly believe we're going to find out if the Eagles are pretenders or contenders. Hey, I like it. Do you truly believe? What are the right now? And I want you to use Atlanta as the benchmark. Are the Eagles contenders or pretenders? Tell me. I'm even going to write this down. Pretenders or contenders? Or incomplete? Contenders or pretenders? Or not sure? Where are you? Here's where I'm at. Personally, I'm not sure yet. Dev says contenders, okay? Nina says contenders. I'm going to see what we all say here. And and, and know this, it's it's not throwing shade. I'm, I, I, sw- I don't throw shade on teams unless they suck. That's what people always say to me. Sules, why you, why you hate? I'm not hating on anybody. I just speak my mind. Smile says contenders at nine and seven. Dallas is also a nine and seven team. Dallas always know this here. Okay, that's another contender. Guys always know this about Philadelphia versus Dallas. And I'm going to tell you the way it is, and I hate that you have to hear this. You will never get the benefit of the doubt as long as you live because you're Philadelphia. Dallas will always, Johnny D says incomplete. I'm with you, Johnny. The media 
roots for the Cowboys. Why is that? Because the media knows the Cowboys are true content. See, you could talk Dallas and San Diego. You can't talk Eagles in San Diego. So the media is biased against you. They're biased against you just like they are in Boston with the Patriots. But you, when you had look, you think Mac you think Mac Jones makes the Patriots interesting? Absolutely not. Where? In Tuscaloosa and in Boston. Monkey Man says incomplete. So we got three on contenders and three on incomplete. No pretender so far. James says Eagles are going with fast-paced play. Heavy rotation. That's a great take, James. You're right. They, they, they are fast-paced. It's kind of a Chip Kelly thing, isn't it? Junie says, wow, holy cow. You guys are the best. You're so smart of football. You're not throwing shade on your Eagles. Know this. That's not what this is here. I'm not trying to get you to go like this. Hey, crap, on. that's not what it is. It's called intelligent football fans. You want to see more before you start doing this. By the way, it's in the middle of a rebuild and a reboot organizationally. And what you're doing is you're looking at the Atlantic game as more of a stepping stone, which is exactly how you should look at it. Now, look, if you beat the Bucs like that, you know what I would be saying? If you beat the Buccaneers, I'd be going like this. This team's for real. And this team is one of your top 10 teams as of today. You beat Seattle. Who else? Kansas City. Who else would I get? Who? Okay, you know in college football we have Bama, Clemson, Ohio State. Well, not now. Georgia. Okay? And you beat Ohio State. Look at what it did for Oregon. In the NFL, you have the Bucks, Kansas City, Seattle. I can't say the Packers because they got annihilated. Wow, you really don't have that many teams in the NFC, do you? Who else would you say? The Rams? Arizona's looking like a coming team. The Ari- hey, Robert, that Arizona team, you got Chandler Jones on that team? Had five sacks last week? How about this, too? You know Bill Belichick traded that guy away to the Cardinals? And they have no pass rushers on that New England team. Donk says, I'll go with contenders. Okay. Four contenders, four, not sure. Junie, the Rams, I think are really good. Can you say Saints? Just Mike? I think it's incomplete, even though they annihilated. Well, wait a minute. I just got through saying they annihilated a team that went to two straight NFC championships. How about this? I feel pretty good if I'm the Saints, especially when my quarterback only throws the ball for 148 yards and has five touchdowns. That is so un-Jameis Winston-like with no turnovers. If you told me Jameis Winston had 148 yards passing in his first start since he was a Buccaneer and five touchdowns and no turnovers, I went, 
That ain't the Jameis Winston I know. That ain't crab cakes. Monkey still thinks the Bills, Bills. Monkey mind, bananas, I got to tell you. I still think they're better than the Steelers, too. They beat them in every statistical category. But you can't lose games like that at home. You know what I mean? What was it, a block punt or something that caused that game? Raheem says, so you don't give the Saints and Jameis credit for it. You know, I'd be double-talking, wouldn't I, Raheem? I just got you saying I can't give it totally credit because it was Atlanta. And I said you got to beat one of the elite teams in the NFL, so I'd I'd be double-talking, wouldn't I? Yes, you have to give the Saints some credit. Um, But it's – it's not Drew Brees' team anymore. You know what I mean? I mean, that's funny. But if I'm going to use my analogy and my evaluation and how I'm looking at the Eagles, I've got to, I've got to be fair across the board here to the Saints. That was a spectacular first week, 38-3. to three. You hold that Packers team to three points, you kick their ass. Don, I, I I just think that that Bears secondary was awful. I really do. They got they generated no pass rush on the Rams. Those wideouts were wide open. Matthew Stafford looked like he was just having fun. Raheem says, "Are the Saints contenders?" Man, I I just I know, man. I hate to. <laughs> it sounds like I'm I'm double talking here. I hate that, man. I'm not sure. I mean, are you really sold on Jameis? I don't know. I don't know yet. So we got four contenders. Nobody said pretenders. And four not sure. I'm asking you after week one, how do you how do you go into this 49ers? Do you believe this team has the talent to be a contender? Are they pretender or not sure yet? Jimmy P, we all need to take a step back and be happy about the win and realize there's a lot left to prove against better competition. That's why I'm saying, Jim, these next two weeks, 49ers and Cowboys, boy, I think they're really going to tell us a lot. Cam Jordan's a great football player. Great football player. You know what, though? That's Saints defense, though. Okay? That's Saints defense. I don't know. Especially in the playoffs. Remember something. The Saints, they won the division last year. The Buccaneers were the wild card. I mean, I thought they ate the Bucs up last year in the regular season games. If you woke up from a coma today since 18, Looked at last week's stats and placings and Eagles, you would say are a top 10 team on paper after week one. You mean if the, you mean if they had a nine and seven record from a year ago, you would go like this. That football team, okay, is a top 10 team. So you're saying the perception of the 411 and one is still in people's back of their mind. And like in the Saints. It's different because Breeze isn't. See, I think that evaluation on the, on, the, on the Saints is because Breeze, and it's a different quarterback, quarterback in the team. 
R. Anthony says, nine wins, how he has to address the linebacking position. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, hey, does anyone know is Kittle playing this week? If Kittle's playing this week, they're going to attack the Eagle linebackers. Be prepared for that. That'll be, that'll be part of the game plan. Run the ball as much as you can, off tackle over Trent Williams, and they're going to try to hit the tight end on the seam. Can your linebackers cover great tight ends? I haven't broken down last year's games, and I'll probably end up doing more and more of that, seeing how the linebacking core played last year in the back of the season, like from week eight on. I'll take a look at that. You tell me, can linebackers covered line can linebackers on the Philadelphia Eagles cover tight ends coming off the scene? You know, the the, the really great linebackers today in the NFL are a version of what Ryan Shazier used to be in Pittsburgh or Derek Brooks back in the day with the Buccaneers. Guys could play the run. They could set the edge, never let anybody get outside, and they can cover that tight end. That's why the tight end position today in the NFL has become such a massive go-to position. Look at the teams that are great teams. They all have that one player at that position. Kansas City has Kelsey. Gronk looked great against the Cowboys in week one. Kittle's going to be a, a, a massive component to the offense going this year for San Francisco. He is just a mismatch. Even the Raiders have a good tight end. I mean, when you have that position down, look at the Eagles. By the way, do we all agree that Zach Ertz, man, he's got to be more involved, okay? He's got to be more involved in the game plan. Okay, I, I know they tried trading him, and I know they were holding out, and they were hoping that they would move him. But after week one, and I see what Jalen did, I see the play calling. If I'm Howie, I might pump the brakes on that on that Zach Ertz deal and just see if I can work and rework a deal with him to try to keep him in the room. Because can you imagine what that offense could look like with Devontae Smith developing? You get Ertz more involved, and the other tight end is – a damn good player. You put all those guys, and then if you can get Rieger doing anything, that guy from two years ago, you get anything out of him or Watson, you're talking about a pretty good, a pretty good attack. Okay. Hey, you know what, though, Raheem? You can't have too many. It makes a mismatch issue for everyone to cover. You know, you guys were saying this earlier in the show. And you guys were dead on. He spread the ball out so much that when you're the Atlanta defense and you're sitting back, it puts you on your heels. Okay? When, when you know you have multiple people. This is what makes Alabama such a tough cover. Okay, do I cover Jalen Waddell? Do I cover Devontae Smith? Wait a minute. I got to worry about the run with Najee Harris. Okay? Quarterback sprinting out. Holy cow. You got tight ends going down the scene, catching passes you never heard of. That's what makes an attack like that. Like, look at a Buccaneers attack. The Bucs can beat you running the ball. The Bucs can beat you at the tight end position. The Bucs can beat you deep. Even though Brady's not really... See, what makes the Bucs really a great team and what, what makes Brady so great is this. Brady's not really a deep passer. That's why sometimes you'll see him just chuck the ball down the field. He'll just chuck it down the field, even if it's complete or not. It's not important. 
It's important that the play is on the play call list. That a defensive guy, when he goes into halftime and he goes like this, they threw the ball plus 25 three times. No completions, but they still attempted it. You've got to defend that. That's the one thing. Here, to go back to the Saints on what you guys were talking about, the one thing that Drew Brees didn't afford the Saints the last three years, what was the one thing the Saints couldn't do? It was taken out of the arsenal completely. You know what it was? They couldn't throw the ball deep. Brees didn't have that arm anymore. Now with Jameis Winston, Jameis can throw that thing like a rocket. And the stupid-ass Michael Thomas and whatever that idiot did, I mean, he could be helping. to. If I'm Michael Thomas and I see what they did against Green Bay in week one, I'm pissed off at myself for not being prepared for the upcoming season. What was my bitch? They gave him the money he wanted. It, it just made no sense. And if I'm him, I want to get back as much as I possibly can because – it looks like the Saints may be okay. Alvin Kamara ran the ball pretty well. I think he had 80 yards. Okay. Facts. Let me see here. My take on Sirianni. He has both sides of the ball playing to the player's advantage. That's why he got Gardner Minshew because Flacco isn't a good backup for a Jalen Hurts scheme. That's really smart. That's really smart. That's really smart. Okay. So you're saying Sirianni went to Howie and said, listen, Joe's a drop back guy. Minshew's a sprint out guy, which is true. Minshew's, I mean, Joe's a seven step guy. He ain't moving around in the pocket. Guy's a hundred years old, man. His base, his best days were 10 years ago. That's a, exactly the point on getting Gardner Minshew. And if the kid gets hurt, I'm talking Jalen, you got a comparable replacement in the building in there for him. Absolutely. Dev, I also think we run more this week. Lions started ground gaining on them almost in the set. They did in the second half. They started. But I, I, I did. I thought the 49ers backed off too much. I did. I thought they backed off. Maddox can cover Kittle. We'll see. GW, Cilio. Where do you see? Great question. GW, that's a great question. Uh, hey, Xander, throw that up there. I'm going to ask everybody this out here with GW. GW, everyone, give me your thoughts on this first, and I'll tell you mine. That's a great spin, GW. What's Jalen's biggest weakness, you would think? It's a good take. It's a great question. It's a great question. His biggest weakness, what would it be? I actually like that. Let me think about that for a second. Arm strength, reading the defenses. Oh, guys are freaking brilliant. All of you. Reading the defenses, arm strength, ex 
experience. Every one of those is okay. Ralph, every one of those is okay. Do you know how you improve on every one of those? How do you guys think you improve on every one of those? Reps. Reps. The more he plays, the more the arm strength will come. The more the experience. Winning. The reading of defenses comes with reps. You know, you know, I hear, let me make a comparison. You guys bowl at all. Practice, James. That's sure. You guys bowl or play pool. You notice every game that you play, you get better at when you play pool. And, you you know, you got the cue in your hand. The more you play, you end up getting better. Same thing in bowling. The more you do it, the better you get at it. It applies in the NFL. That's why coaches run 700 plays over and 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 over again. Is because they want you to become comfortable in that rhythm. In that role. More reps, 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 reps. Absolutely. You know, when you become an NFL guy, oh, Junie also just added something else. Film study. Film study. Absolutely. Hey, let's take a timeout. Let's get back to everybody. Sportsman 22 Philly, welcome aboard with us. This is the best sports show going, man. You guys are just brilliant. I love talking to every one of you. Blues dude, welcome in here, man. Reps, that's it right there. We'll take a timeout. You keep it here on the National Football Show. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub. And in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. The live post-game show is powered by IBEW Local 98. Field of life, 
First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Monkey My Bananas just said something here. Best football show going. Well, you're, you're, you guys are making it happen that way. I love that he doesn't have a blind loyalty to Eagles, even if you do. Let me tell you what I do have a blind loyalty to. Great fans. Okay? I, I, I completely love smart football fans. I actually like smart sports talk fans. I do a national radio show at night, too, and I hate talking to dumbasses. By the way, so you know, I don't take calls anymore. You guys are the first people in two years I've taken phone calls or comments and implemented in my show. I don't do that anymore because most people are morons. They have the dumbest takes. They're stupid as hell. And they're... And, and by the way, there's a difference. If a guy has got blind passion for his team and he's a maniac, remember something, fan and fanatic are the same thing almost. It's just this close to being insane, fan and fanatic, okay? You're insane about your passion because you know why? A team like the Eagles are civic pride, community pride. Same thing in Boston, same thing in... Pittsburgh, Denver, places like that. Blues dude, the country doesn't give Philadelphia fans enough credit for being extremely. Dude, who said that? Who in the world said that? And by the way, do you know what I love about it the most? Is you should hold these dudes accountable. Ben Simmons, hey, dude, kiss my ass. Go chase those chicks on Instagram in Southern California. You ain't doing that here. Bro, that ain't happening here. You make a king's ransom and you play like a turd? You get away with that in Southern California because, you know, I drink wine and I eat cheese. <sighs> Makes me throw up, honestly. Do you know, do you get this, guys? I got to tell you this. Hang on here. GW's laughing. You want to hear something that program directors used to tell me out here in California? Dan, don't do your show. The last place I was at, do you know what they told me? Okay. Do you know what they told me? Dan, don't do your show. Excuse me? 
Yeah, because it's too, like, controversial. I had a director of programming at Entercom tell me not to do my show. He hired me, and he knew who I was. He goes, please, don't do your show. Don't, 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 because, you'll, you know, you, you, the, the Padres don't really like you because you're always controversial. You know what controversial is, monkey man? Telling the truth. I've learned that. You think I wake up in the morning and I go, huh, what do you think I could say today to get me fired? <laughs> Here, I'll give you guys an, a for instance why I love you guys and why I love Philly. Why I love Boston. Why I like Chicago. Why I like Denver. I love places that love their sports teams. I totally love teams like that. Yeah, Dan, can you please temper it down and take it down a notch? I go, so you want me to do snowball radio and cream puff radio? Yes, for the time being. I was told that. Every market I've ever been in, I've been the number one or number two ranked guy in morning drive. Every market except the last stop. I couldn't do my show. They didn't want me to. So I came out with this. Hello, everybody. This is Dan Celio. Hey, how about Tim Padres? Ugh. <laughs> that ain't... And here, I get to speak my mind. That's why the show is growing. And that's why when Monkey Mind Bananas goes like this to me, dude, you know, I, I, I love great fans. I got to see what Johnny said because, John, you just, you're kind of new to the thing. Using PFF as part of the analysis, Niners on the road are a slight favorite over the Eagles. Could be a good game. John, I think it is going to be a good game. By the way, one thing about pro football focus, okay, one thing about pro football focus, it's clickbait. Hey, R. Anthony, you're loyal to the soil. You know who told me that? Jerome Brown. Hey, I'll give you guys a I give I'll give you guys a historical thing on how I knew how great your market was. By the way, do you know the fanatic has contacted me numerous times to do radio shows for them? I don't know. I don't want to be a cheerleader. Um, that's it's a fact. Ask Joe Bell, the market manager. <laughs> oh, I don't want it. I don't want anybody to scare us, guys. Yeah, you don't want me right. Because you know what? You guys who know who Craig Carton is, Craig Carton has called him numerous times. He goes, you got to get Celio on. There's not a show in Philadelphia that will. Yeah, I was like, let me stop anyway. Yeah, let me stop there. Dude, let me tell you this, man. You guys, Jerome goes like this. He goes, Sills, man, I played bad on a Monday night. I think it was against the Giants. And the fans started booing him. He goes, they were booing me. I said, dude. <laughs> he goes, yeah, well, I didn't, we, we got killed. And I got, I'm walking out. Hey, Jerome, you're a first round bust, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Jerome turned and looked. He goes, Jesus Christ. And he goes out and plays his ass off. JB, we love you. He's like, oh, my God, man. <laughs> <laughs> he would call me from Brooksville and go, man, these fans are crazy, man. You're crazy. 
Hey, man, this is crazy. Crazy. Is in a bed carton, won't. <laughs> Smile. Lay off my boy. Lay off my boy, man. Hey, Don, thank you, man. Philly's awesome. Everyone from Stephen A. to Colin Coward are saying they were wrong about the Eagles. Wait a minute, James. Still, though, James, I'm still in the camp of not sure yet. I, I, I'm, I was stunned. Okay? I was stunned. How will the team look, too? Okay? Um, I, I'm... I, I can't go like this. Yeah, those guys suck, and, you know, I I, I wasn't like that. No, nah, because I got to tell you, man, because I'm the – hey, so you guys always will know this. I'm the worst liar there is on the planet. I can't lie very well, and I guess maybe sometimes that gets me in trouble too because I kind of speak what's on my mind, you know, and on my chest, and it's kind of just like a guy show. It's kind of where we are. Like, watch this. I'm sitting around watching that Eagle game. You know what I was doing? I went like this. Holy shit. Look at these play designs. First thing I said. And by the way, Greg Olson, he he texted me because he called the game. And he goes like this. Sills, what'd you make of this? I go, I can't believe it. I, t- I text Frank Reich. I go, Frank, this guy, this guy might have the juice. He might have the juice as a good coach, man. They may have actually found a guy here that, one, gets play calling, designing. Oh, my God, I just figured it out why Doug Peterson got fired. Just figured it out. Boomer Sison, go back, and if you get a chance sometime this week or over the weekend, do me a favor, guys. Go back and listen to Frank Wright. Or no, Boomer Sison it was. Xander and I had, we, 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 we had contenders, okay? We had Boomer Sison on. And Boomer said this about Frank. The one thing that Frank does, he designs in his his play calling, how he makes these game plans. Get this. Every game plan that Frank Reich makes for Carson Wentz only be able to be manipulated and used by Frank Reich. Like, you could not take a Carson Wentz game plan and give it to Jalen Hurts and think that he can go out and execute it. Okay, Kevin Adams, thank you, brother. He, nobody can, Frank designs these specialized offenses for one guy, okay? It, 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 it's, it's, it's a custom game plan. Blues dudes, follow me here, though. It's a custom game plan. Well, do you know who the offensive coordinator was in Indianapolis last year? Do you know who the wide receiver coach was in San Diego when Frank was the OC in San Diego with Phillip Rivers? It was Nick Sirianni. I've known Frank. Frank's been on our show. 
he'll be on again. Frank Wright is one of the best designers of game plans you'll ever see. Doug Peterson is not. He took Frank's game plan and tried to implement it himself, not knowing how to design the plays like Frank. Frank's brilliant. How about this? Frank Wright's never going to have to worry about a job again in the NFL. You know how Wade Phillips always got jobs as a defensive coordinator? If it doesn't pan out for Frank as the head coach with the Colts, Frank's going to always get a job, a big job as an offensive coordinator. By the way, I thought the Maryland Terrapins, me and Boomer Esiason, we pushed for him to get that job, and I can't believe they didn't give him the job. I can't believe they didn't give Frank Reich that gig. That's where Frank played his college football. Doug Peterson tried to use Frank Wright's game plan on Carson Wentz, and the whole thing blew up. Every game, like this week here, Frank's going to design. I think the Colts, you know what their problem was last week with um, against Seattle? What up, Mike? You know what the problem was last week against Seattle for the Colts? Here's, here's, here's something here. Check it out. Their, their, their blocking schemes and blocking assignments were not very good. And I thought it was a problem in the game. That I thought Seattle moved their front around a lot. They went from a three to a four to a 53. And I thought they confused a very good offensive line. That's got to get better. That's got to get better. Hey, and smile. This is what I, yeah, that's right. Matt Hatter, the the Colts O-line got hammered last week by Seattle. And to Smile's point, watch this. Your O-line's getting hammered and your quarterback's holding on to the ball. Hey, Philly guy, you know where I'm coming from, right? You saw that play out all last year, right? O-line getting killed because last year the Eagle O-line was injured. You had a play caller that was using Frank Wright's offense. And you had a quarterback holding on to the play. There's your issue right there. Am I right when I say that? You had a coach that couldn't design plays. You had an O-line banged up. You had a quarterback that holds on, holds on to the ball too much. Eagle football 2020. Thank you. Okay. Right? That's exactly what that was. You go back and think a little. You're like, yeah, man. Especially the last three games especially the last three games. And what I saw a little bit with that Seattle, because I watched like all the games, you know, and I watched a little bit of that. They moved them around a lot and they confused. I thought they needed to run the ball more. Jonathan Taylor's a pretty good running back, especially in the second half of the season last year. I think he got over 1,100 yards. You got to keep feeding that kid, man. You got to get Wentz back into a rhythm of not holding on to the ball. You got to put him in play action. If Carson Wentz does not have play action at his here, Wentz is right now. This is what a defensive coordinator has when it comes to Carson Wentz. He doesn't trust him. <laughs> the Philly fly guy. I'll stop you when you tell a lie. <laughs> Please do it. Or maybe I'm. How about this? It would be more that I'm not informed than a lie. What do you think? I'm a politician. Those guys lie as long as the night is long. I hate those people in D.C. 
Wentz will be the leader in sacks for a long time. Blues, dude. I think Frank will end that. I, I, I do. I have confidence in Frank Wright. By the way, Eagle guys, you don't think he's not going to be one day the head coach of the Eagles? How about this? Let's put some, let's put some sandwich money down on that. <laughs> the owner and the general manager love Frank Wright. Love him. Who do you think recommended Sirianni for the head job? He basically said it on our show here, the National Football Show. Go back and listen. One of the very first things he said. I go, do you recommend him? He goes, yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, Raheem. See? There's Raheem being a smart Eagle fan. I want that guy to play great, just not against us because, and by the way, he only gets that one-year pass, right? He only gets the one-year pass, and after that, you don't care if that guy gets spanged up. You only need him for one year, right? Just to get me that first-round pick. After that, all bets are off. I don't care if you get hammered after that. It depends what Sirianni does, too, though. Absolutely, Ken. Absolutely. Absolutely. By the way, let me ask you guys something. And this goes this goes into a little bit with, with Jalen. And help me out here with this. I love the way Lamar Jackson plays the game. I love how he cares. I love how he – I love his energy. I love how he was pissed off on the two fumbles last night. Jalen runs the ball a lot too. Doesn't it bug you that the quarterback is a hit away from getting knocked on his ass and maybe ending everything for you? I mean, when I watched – I mean, last night, Lamar Jackson took some hits. That guy got hammered last night. And I was like this, man, how many more – how many more – hits do you think Lamar can hang hang on to that this is why I'm not giving that guy a 10-year contract I can't I make at most I'm giving Lamar Jackson a five-year deal Without everywhere in it he is a hit away from getting annihilated and by the way he gets destroyed when he gets hit I've never seen the referees are not protecting him because am I right when I say this about Lamar Jackson Lamar Jackson Lamar Jackson, he runs for contact. He runs for it. I think Hertz has a fullback type. You know what, though, Dev? Here's the difference, I think, in the style of play. I do think that Jalen plays more like Russell and Kyle Murray, um, Kyler Murray in Arizona. Hey, Raheem, I thought he got hammered a few times. I mean, he got put on his bonnet a few times. I was like, and, and and you know what? Hey, by the way, if I'm the 49ers this week against Jalen, you take off, I'm gonna hit you. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna cheap shot you. But you know what I'm gonna do? Every time that Jalen takes off, I am going to hit him somewhere. His arm, his legs, his chest, tackle him. This is what you're told. When there's a mobile, this is what we used to do to Steve Young when you could catch Steve Young. Or even Donovan. 
<laughs> Dev, if you could catch him, correct. That's the deal, too. Yeah, but you know what you do? First guy catches him. The second guy comes in and puts a hat on him. And by the way, that's by design. You know how you tenderize meat? That's what you do in a ball game. You don't think the Raiders tenderized Lamar Jackson last night to cause those two fumbles, especially the late one in the game? Took its toll on him last night because he had no running attack. All those guys that were injured in the second, all those guys that were injured in the backfield, all those running backs that were lost, it played its toll. The roster played its toll on, on Lamar Jackson last night by hammering him and hitting him. That's right, Mad Hatter. How many times, watch this. You, you know what you see with a guy like Michael Vick or a guy that gets hit a lot? Watch this. You know, comes out of the gate. We should see this with Cam, early Cam. Boom, he's right on target. All of a sudden, he starts getting hit. Follow me here, guys. He starts getting hit more. What happens? Guy's coming at his feet. Pass goes high. He starts doing this. Okay? Those great ones, man. How many times do you see those great ones hang in there, get annihilated, still complete the pass? After a while, taking off running, being hit in the pocket, those pressures add up. The ball starts – you start doing this. Look, you duck your head, and the ball goes high. Interceptions. You're told in your defensive meetings, this guy's going to come out of the gate looking like he's on fire and his hair's on fire. By the fourth quarter, keep hammering him. Keep hammering away. If he's got the ball and he's standing up, second guy, go in there with a hat and put it on him as hard as you can. That's exactly how you take people out. Not with the, You're not going to take a guy out initially. But what you're going to do is you're, you're going to see what happened. Like last night was the prime example of beating on a quarterback to the point where he had a turnover late in the game in a critical part in the overtime. Lamar, it, he, he was right at the podium. It's football. Well, when you run like that, why, why do you think Tim Tebow, you know, you, you know what the game plan was at the end when Tim Tebow was running that play option thing, whatever they were doing in Denver? Guys, guys like James Harrison and everybody were saying, I don't care if he has the ball or not. I'm going to hammer him. And they started annihilating him coming down the line of scrimmage when he would flip toss that ball. They would still kill him. You can kill the quarterback like that. Okay? He's coming down the line of scrimmage like that. Annihilate him. Stand him up and hit him. Tebow was so beat up by the end of the year. Even John Elway goes, this ain't going to work. That's why they went out and got Manning. It's totally why they went out and got Manning. So my point is, is that the running game of the Eagles has to be a massive factor this weekend. Here, let's put some stats out there. I say this again. If you're going to win this ball game, Eagles have to run the ball for 150 yards in this game. And by the way, here's what I think will happen. I think the 49ers are going to throw for 300 yards. And I think the 49ers will run for about 125 yards. So you're looking at 425 in total offense. You know what you gave up last week to the Atlanta Falcons? 260. Okay? You held Matt Ryan under 200 yards in passing. 
They did get 125 yards rushing the ball. Okay? That would concern me. And Garoppolo is a pretty good quarterback. I agree with you guys. He's not as good on the road. Okay? Dev says, would you call up Howard? Hmm. Not sure. Let me write that down. Call up Howard. I have to do more research on that. Offensive coordinator explained that part of the reason for that was because the Falcons were taking away the shot plays. Robert, great. Thank you. Tells me a lot then. Here, one of the things that you always have to be smart. <laughs> hey, one of the things that coordinators have to see, like in the Dallas game, you were not going to run the ball effectively against the defensive line of the Dallas or the um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, number one in rush defense a year ago. They only ran the ball 11 times. I thought Zeke didn't look that bad. I thought a couple burst plays he had, he only had 11 carries for 33 yards in that Thursday night game, but I thought they abandoned the run. But they thought that they had to. And I, hey, by the way, I thought Kellen Moore absolutely scripted. I'll say this to you, and I'll make a prediction here. Kellen Moore will be the, be the coach of the Dallas Cowboys next year. He'll be the head coach. Scripted a great, a great game against the Bucs. Really a great game. T. Hilton, I agree on the running aspect. I don't see the 49ers rushing for more than 100 yards. Oh, that's right. Their number one guy is out, isn't he? Eagles are going to run for over 100 yards on that front four. Dev. Practice squad, yes. 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 All right. Let's take a brief timeout. We'll take all your thoughts again. I got some more comments here, too, here about this 49er team. We'll do it next. You keep it here on the National Football Show. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. The live post-game show is powered by IBEW Local 98.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Welcome back, National Football Show. I believe we're getting Howard Eskin from WIP tomorrow and Ted Robinson, the voice of the San Francisco 49ers. Ted calls all the U.S. Open matches, works at NBC Sports. You saw him during the Olympics, and he's a dear friend of mine. He's the voice of the 49ers. So we will have him, and I believe Howard's going to try to find some time for us tomorrow. So should be a lot of fun here tomorrow, too. And I'm sure a lot of slings and arrows will be thrown around here, too. So we appreciate everybody coming aboard here. By the way, thank you so much. Clinton Moore, Niners are dead in the water late in, bro. All those points Detroit put up, I, I thought they played tight, too, Clinton. I did. But if you look at what they did in the first half, wasn't it 31-10? I mean, they, they, they gave a beatdown on them. And they did. They rolled back up on them. Golf had a really good second half in that game. I don't know. I, I I still think San Francisco's a good football team. I think there's a problem, though, in San Francisco, and I'll tell you what it is. Dude, don't let your locker room think that you have some quarterback dilemma. You don't. Trey Lance is not ready to play. He's not ready to play yet. You could, You know, this guy's played one significant game in the last 19 months, when he was at North Dakota State, I'm not putting that guy in against the Philadelphia Eagles on the road at the link. You crazy? Why would I do that? That's like every idiot in Chicago going, hey, man, put Justin Fields in. Why? you got a horrible O-line. Justin Fields is not ready to play yet. I mean, you know what you need? You don't need a mobile quarterback when you got a horrible O-line. You need a quarterback that knows how to throw the ball away, not run away from trouble. How many times have you seen guys run away from trouble that are young and inexperienced, and they get sacked, drop the ball, hello, turnover, seven points or three points? Can't do that. That's why Andy Dalton's starting in Chicago. Well, don't you want the more athletic guy? No. I don't want him running around back there getting sacks and minus yardage. I need plus yardage. And by the way, a punt is not a bad play. I don't know why people think a punt's a bad play. You got a good punter on your team? Look at what the Eagles did against the Falcons and how bad a field position they put the Falcons in all day long. Ralph says this could be a heavyweight fight in the trenches. It's going to be a heavyweight fight, Ralph. Trent Williams is the best. How about this? Look at the linemen that you got in this game. 
Think about this. You know where the stars are? The stars are not at the skill position. Jordan Mulata, Lane Johnson, Kelsey, Nick Boza. I mean, you got horses here. Trent Williams. All the stars are in the lines here. This is going to be a game where, get this, you might want to have stakes that game when you're watching it. Get a lot of A1 sauce. It's going to be one of them games. Hey, it's going to be one of them games where you're going to have to fill the gullet here, man, because it's going to be a big boy game. Trent Williams? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, you got Fletcher Cox? Holy cow, man. You got some horses in this game. You know what? If you get that PFF stupid-ass website, you know, you could probably get both offensively and defensively. You might have one of the better games of the year when it came to the big guys on both sides of the football. I mean, 49ers got a good defensive front too, man. Fletcher Cox, Brandy Graham, the, the kid Hardgrave, he looked great, didn't he? I thought he looked good. Who's the guy that had a couple sacks in there too? Was it Graham he got in there for a sack? Atlanta was just all over the joint. Hey, real quick. One thing that I saw over the weekend, and you know what you got to put into your – and put this into your memory banks here a little bit. You ready? Put this in your memory banks. How many people were impressed with Jameis Winston this last weekend? 148, not much, five TDs. That's great. And you destroyed the Packers. If I am Dwayne Haskins in Pittsburgh, Ridgeway got the sack, all right. If I'm Dwayne Haskins in Pittsburgh, you know what I'm doing? I look at what's going on in New Orleans, and I go, wow. I sit here and watch Ben play, and I learn everything I need to learn the Pittsburgh way. That could be me next year. I mature. I show people that I care. I grow up a little bit. Okay? I grow up. I mature. That could be me. Jameis Winston knows he's on his last chance. He knows it. Dwayne Haskins is rehabilitating himself in Pittsburgh right now. If I were him, I'd be like this. Everything that guy's doing is what I want to do. Look at what Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater did. Teddy Bridgewater blows his knee out or his leg out up in Minneapolis, gets down to New Orleans, goes 5-0, and gets a nice contract in New Orleans, uh, Carolina, goes to Denver, goes into New York and beats the pants off them. Hey, hey, R. Anthony, Eskin is a moron. He would take that as a merit badge. He would take that as a merit badge. I like people who say things. Hey, the guy has thrown for 5,000 yards. Ken DT is playing this week for San Francisco. Dude, this is going to be a this going to be a big time ball game. This is going to be a big time ball game for the big guys. Eagles and 49ers, and then get this. Here's what else you got to think about. Okay? Then you start your divisional games the following week. How much are you going to put out there? Got Dallas on the other side. You know, when you play divisional games, their games, my opinion, they count like one and a half. 
okay? About one and a half, right? Because they're divisional games. So, okay, what game is more important to me? The Niner game? Or the Dallas game? How much of my playbook am I going to put out there? Don't think coaches don't think like that. Hey, winning the division is the key to this whole thing for the Eagles. Uh, hey, Frederick, it's true because you're trying to establish something. I get it. But the Dallas game matters more. That's why you play them twice. The Eagles, no, I'm not saying that the, the 49er game. The Cowboy game matters more. Because you're a divisional game. And here, let me throw this at you. Eagles and Cowboys got great news. You know what that is? Ryan Fitzpatrick's banged up for six to eight weeks. They got some dude named Tyler Heineken. I know it's Hanky. I don't care. I don't care who he is. Unless this guy turns into Kurt Warner. I'll start giving him his respect, but outside of that, man, he's Tyler Heineken to me. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, get this. Ron Rivera feels more comfortable with Tyler Heineken than he does with Cam Newton. That should tell you all you need to know about that relationship between those two, right? Boy, if my coach that I had played with and I got to a Super Bowl and – he didn't like me that much where he didn't look at even what Urban Meyer did. Urban Meyer brought dumbass Tim Tebow out of mothballs, put him on the football team because he had great respect for him. R Rivera went like this. No, nah, we're good. I know it is. It's an indictment on Cam. Frederick, I hate to say it too because I'm a Cam Newton dude, man. But he didn't want nothing to do with him. He said, no, nah, we're good. Wow. That's quite a shot at Cam Newton. Sportsman 22 Philly, 2-0 would be huge going into the Dallas game. Holy cow, would it be? You beat the Niners? Then you're going to go like, here, I'll tell you what. You beat the Niners? I'm going to say this to you. Okay. Okay. They go from being, here, here, look. You know, we have top 10 teams out of the 32, right? Then you got like 11 to 20. Then you got 20 to 32. There's like three levels of teams. Top 10, 11 to 20, and 20 to 32. Where do you think Philadelphia fits? There's three levels. That's how I've always cut it up. When you, like watch this, Bucks are in tier one. Top 10 teams, Seahawks, I, I, Chiefs and Brown. I'm going to put the Browns in there. I, I think the Browns are good. Matt Hatter, you think the Eagles are in tier three between 20 and 32? I don't know. I think maybe they're more like 11 to 20. Yeah, I'm more, I'm more with you, Don. I think they're in that 11 to 20 group in there. Yeah, tier two. Raheem, I think they're in that. I, I, I don't think 20 to 32. That's 
when you're in 20 to 32, you're kind of like in that's bears country. And you know, that that's kind of like Carolina country and jets country. And you know, I, I, yeah, I think you're, that's more like those dudes down there or hell the Texans. I'd like to say the Texans, but they beat the pants off. The, J- the Jags are clearly in that. Yeah. Blues dude. Yeah. GW. I'm yeah. Nine and seven. So you think the nine and seven guys, 10 and six or 10 and seven guys. Yeah. Uh, hey, smile. You got to get used to that extra game. I'm still working on that. You say nine and seven. So it's more like nine and eight. I know. I'm still working on that. <laughs> I'm still, yeah. Extra game. You got to, Hey, by the way, here's another. Hey, how about this? You think someone's going to throw for 6,000 yards this year? Frederick, I agree. I think they're tier two, 11 to 20. And how about this? Guys, would we say that the Eagles are in the high end of that tier two? Right? They're in the high end. They're not at the low end near the 20s, like 15 to 20. They're more between, I would say this, between 11 and 17. Somewhere in the middle of the road right now, but trending up, not down. Like, like, here, watch this. I look at the Steelers and go like this. I think the Eagles are better, and the Steelers won. 11 to 15, Raheem, I kind of see them in that room. That's where I see them. I see them right around in there. Yeah. We're going to find out a little bit more here, though. We definitely are. We're going to find out a, a, a lot more. And because of the vision, yeah, Lopez, I agree. Brent, up 14 spots from 28 before the Falcons game. You got him in tier two then, okay? That's where I see him. By the way, that's why I put them in tiers like this instead of giving them a number, you know, 1 through 10, 11 through 20, and 20 through 32. You could slide those teams around. And really, the number is between 20 and 15. You know, you could have a whole another one there, but I want to do three because it makes it less complicated. And I've always done it that way. That's why when somebody goes like this to me, where do you see Dallas? I see Dallas as a tier two team. Um, Green Bay, they've gone from a top 10 team to a tier two team, in my opinion. How do you look at Cleveland? Even after their loss, I still think they're a top 10 team. How about Buffalo? I still think Buffalo's a top 10 team. Seattle, Buccaneers, Chiefs. Um, Watch this. I look at the Raiders, and I go like this. I don't know. I think they're a tier three team. Oh, Clinton, 13 and four. Whew. Clinton sees the Eagles going 13 and four. Dude, you go 13 and four, you're in the NFC championship game. Come on, dog. <laughs> hey, that's great optimism, though. Woo. 13 and four. I think that's the most anyone has said. 13 and four. 
yeah, man, I can't go that high yet. Not a, hey, I can't, I can't give you to the Atlanta game that much. Wow, Brent says they beat the Niners. Do you move them? I don't know, dude. If you beat the Niners and you beat Atlanta, are they a top ten team? How about this? They could be like 12, 13, somewhere like there, right? Somewhere in that room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, hey, tomorrow, going to have Howard Eskin, and we're going to have Ted Robinson, the voice of the 49ers. They did give up some points now. I won't lie to you, man. They did. They gave it up. They gave it up to the Lions. Golf had a good second half. How about the like the knee biter or whatever Dan Campbell's called the new head coach? I ain't gonna beat them up and you know kick them in the ass and uh, whatever, <laughs> right? Hey, you know we're in this and you're gonna kill a guy. And I don't know, whatever, dude. Guys have been great as always. Do me a favor. If you missed any of the show, please like it, share it. Okay, go over to the Jacob Media channel. By the way, we're giving season tickets away on this bad puppy too, dude. Unbelievable, man, on what Big Joe's doing and setting everything up. It's really incredible. By the way, we'll be with you tomorrow going four to six. Guys, I really appreciate you coming aboard, and we shall catch you tomorrow on the flip side. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.